0: Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. So, I don't know if any of you have ever seen this before, but today we're going to talk about something that's very important. And in fact, it often determines outcomes of very, a lot of situations that you're involved with. Um, tell me very quickly, if you will, t- turn your attention right here, and just tell me very quickly, what is it that you see? Yeah. One little white dot right there, right? Does everybody see that? Some of you had to like stare at it a little sideways, blink a little bit, squint. Okay, one little white dot right there. Now, um, a while ago, uh, as, as most things happen, my wife and I were having a conversation and we disagreed on something. Have you ever had this happen before? Okay, so then what do you do next? You have to figure out who's right by Googling it, right? And then, and whoever has the most information, and generally you can find information to support both cases. Um, So we were talking about whether or not you could actually learn to drive in icy or snowy conditions. So then um, I was saying that you could, she was saying, you're not, you never, whatever, you can't do that. So I found a course online that would teach you how to drive on snowing and icy conditions. So that way I could test it in the car while she was with me. Um, no, don't do that. i was just kidding. I didn't do that. But I was watching this course on how to learn to drive on snowy and icy conditions. So we were watching this thing. And one of the things that I found very interesting, that one of the first things that they teach you on this is that most people crash when they drive in snowy and icy conditions. Do you know why? In fact, they had this cool course set up. It was like down this hill and they showed all these videos of people driving down hills and as they're going down hills, they just crash into the cars at the side. They're just going down this hill and they just, they go down the hill. Maybe they make it a little bit and then they just always crash and the cars sitting on the side. So they built a course that's down this hill and they put cones all on the side that you're not supposed to hit. And then they taught people how to drive down it. And the number one rule, the first thing that they teach you, everything else is technical, so it's like how to turn the steering wheel on ice and all that. But the first thing they teach you is that the biggest problem that people have when they're driving on snowy and icy conditions is they look where they don't want to go. Right? So like, have you, ever, have you ever done that? Like, you're driving down the road, and maybe it's not icy and snowy, because we live in Florida, so it definitely wasn't. But you're like looking at a house, you know, or you're looking, that's a weird mailbox. And what does your car start to do? You start to drift right towards that house, don't you? You kind of start to go, what happens when you're driving is where you look, that's where you go, right? When you're driving, where you look, that's where you go. And in this course, when they're teaching you how to drive, what they're saying, how to drive on snowy and icy conditions, the first thing is you stop looking where you don't want to go and start looking for where you want to go. Then after that, you have to learn how to control the stuff on ice, and they teach you all about how to do that. Um, However, the most important thing that, that you've got to learn in the very beginning is that where you look is where you're going to go. And here's, I'm going to give you your blank really early. So here it is. Ready? What you focus on is what you see. None of you would have figured that out on your own. I know. It's like very difficult. But what you focus on is what you see. It may be, there's all sorts of ways that this works, but what you focus on is what you see. Now I want to show you an example of that. What do you see? All right, what covers the majority of that screen? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of black there. Nobody, nobody saw the 90% black. Everybody saw that 1% white, right? Why was that? Because what you focused on. It's a different color. It sticks out a little bit more. But there's a whole bunch of this over here. And let, let me tell you this. A lot of times in life, we focus on this and we miss all this. Right? We focus on this and we miss all this. There's a whole bunch more black there, isn't there? There's a tiny bit of white, but that's where you're focused, so that's what you saw. This happens all the time to us, doesn't it? In every situation, you've had this happen. Maybe you had a, had a teacher who you thought wasn't a very good teacher, and so you, you just, everything she said, you didn't want to listen to her right? Or or maybe you've heard the stories about the teachers who have that one bad kid, and he gets labeled as a bad kid, so then everything he does is bad, right? And you've, maybe you've had one of your kids that was one of those people, right? Or maybe, maybe you have a friend that's one of those people, and they get labeled as a bad person, and as everything they do then becomes bad. Or, or maybe you have that person that you think is angry at you, That friendship that you're dealing with and as you think that they're angry with you, everything that they do, everything that they say, everything that's going on, you see, oh, they're just so mad. Can you believe that they did that to me? Because everything they do is about how angry they are with you, right? And I don't really want to get into this too much, but I could name any politician right now in any party and you could take either side of whichever one of those you want to go to because everything you see is motivated by what you're focused on right? This, this happens naturally to each and every one of us. What we focus on is what we see. In fact, in sociology, they call it confirmation bias. When you want to know something, you will look for what you want to know and discover what you want to know and hold that for yourself. You will find more evidence to support what you already believe instead of changing what you believe. Have you ever had somebody who's afraid of something silly? Not you, right? Never you who's afraid of something. Like, but you're, you're afraid of like cotton, somebody, or you're afraid of, of a, a spider or a cricket, or you're afraid of like a small animal. And ev- whenever you see that animal, what, what happens? Or you know somebody who's afraid of that. They scream, they run away. And you're like, it's just, a, it's just a bug. Kill the thing, right? Maybe all of you are afraid of spiders, so I'm sorry to install all of you. Okay, so I'm sorry about that. But the spider most likely isn't going to hurt you, but when you see it, your fears become greater, right? And we all know this with our fears. Often, what we're actually afraid of is not as bad as what is actually happening, right? What we're afraid might happen is much worse than what is actually happening, Well, today we're going to look at a story where Jesus addresses this situation. See, the people who he's going to address, um, this is recorded for us in the book of John, the the people he's going to address are focused on one thing, and he's focused on something completely different. And let's look at what happens that. Now, a little little bit of context in this. Um, Jesus had just fed the 5,000 men. So you, if you're familiar with this story, he takes some, some loaves of bread and some fish and about, about five loaves of bread, two fish and, and you know, blesses them, breaks them, passes them out and feeds 5,000 men. Now the, the women and children weren't counted there. Most people would say that about or 20,000 people were there. So about 20,000 people got fed with five loaves of bread and two fish. That's a lot of people, Right. So he just fed a whole bunch of people. So he feeds all these people. He tells his disciples to go get in a boat and go across the lake. A little bit later, he walks across the water and meets his disciples in the middle of, of the lake and gets on the boat with them. They go to the other side, they get to their town. And the next morning, the crowds are wake up and they're like, where did this guy go? Um, so they're wandering all around. Now, before we get any uh, started much further, I don't know if you, you guys mind if I, I, um, I missed some breakfast this morning. You guys mind if I, if I get, get a little something? Is that all right? Can, can we do that? I don't hear any no's, so I'm going to take that as a yes. Does that that count? Or some of you are like, you're going to do whatever you want, so go for it. All right. So Jesus, these people are wandering around and they're looking for Jesus. They're trying to figure out where did he go? What happened? Where's he at? So um, they start kind of going around the lake asking people, have you seen him? Have you seen him? Have you seen him? Eventually they find out where he is, and they go to him, and they're like, hey, um, Jesus, we, we just found you. We didn't know where you were, and now, now we see you. And, and this is what Jesus says to them. He says, look, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. Not because you understand the miraculous signs, um, but don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Now, Jesus kind of lays out everything that's about to happen in this entire conversation on the front, okay? He lays this all out, and he says, look, you guys are really just looking for me because you want some food. You're not looking for me because of what's really important. Instead, you just want to be fed once again. Oh, microwave. Didn't... Not enough energy. Man, we'll have to we'll have to add a minute. If you're yeah, okay. So <clears throat> you don't really want to listen to what I'm saying to you. You just are hoping that maybe you can get some food. So you're really focused on food, right? So Jesus tells them instead, spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. So he says, Look, you guys are, are currently all you want is food. You're just seeking out whatever food you can get. You want me because I fed you. And, you're, and I don't know about you, but if, if you could be, get free meals every day, how many of you guys would take that? If you knew that there was a place you could go and you could see somebody and they would give you free meals. Hey, I'm, gonna, I'm down with that. I'm down with free meals. That sounds like a good thing. So they were ready for that. So they're seeking him out and they're like, hey, you, you just want free food once again. So he says instead that what they should do is spend their energy seeking the eternal life of the son of man seek eternal life instead of just food. Man, I don't, this thing doesn't seem to be working so well. I guess we'll have to try again here. Oh, oh we're, we're started. There we go. All right, good. <clears throat> so stop seeking after just food. Instead, seek eternal life. They replied, man, they're kind of like my kids. I, I don't know. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody, and you're talking about something really important? It's like you just are figuring out like the mysteries of the universe, and then they respond to you, and it's like they didn't even hear what you're saying. It's like, hey, you, you've got it. You got to do A, B, C, and D, and then we'll solve world, world hunger. Hey, what's on TV tonight? That's, that's kind of what they're doing. Well, hey, we want to perform God's works too. Well, what should we do? Now, I personally think that they wanted to do this so that they could feed themselves, Right? If I can, if I can do what he did, I can get some more food. That's what it's, that's what it's really all about. You know, we want to perform God's works too. So what should we do? If we want to perform all of God's works, how can we, how can we do that? And Jesus was saying, look, what you need to focus on is what's eternal, not what's right in front of you. So Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent he lays out the path to salvation. He lays out for them what they actually need to do to inherit eternal life. It's not about what things we can do to perform God's works. Instead, he says, what I want you to do is just believe. And that's exactly later, he goes and lays out and says, look, if what I want you to do is just simply believe in me, and if you believe in me, eternal life you can have and it only comes through believing in me. Jesus tells them, this is the only work that I want you to perform. It's not about miracles. It's not about more food. Instead, what I want you to do is believe in me. And they answered, well then show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. (laughs) Isn't that kind of funny? These guys kind of think that they're the ones in charge. They think they're the ones with all the power. Well, if you want us to do that, then I will. Um, they kind of offer Jesus an ultimatum. And uh, I, I think ultimatums are funny. Personally, I, I like to say that if, if anybody ever gives you an ultimatum, take it. Uh, like, hey, if, well, if you, don't, if you don't do that, then I won't be your friend anymore. Well, I'll miss you. See you. Have a good Have a good day. Uh, well, if you don't give me that promotion, then I'm going to quit. Well, go ahead and pack your bags. I'll see you later. Um, And I think sometimes that's how we think. Like, well, I'm the one with all, it's really a power play trying to think that you're in charge more than the other person. And a way to say, you know what, if you don't give me what I want, then I'm going to be mad at you. And I won't give you what you want. And these people are trying to say to Jesus, look, unless you show us a miraculous sign, we're not going to believe in you. You have to prove that you're, you're a miraculous sign. And Jesus actually kind of plays along with them just a little bit. However, it's not in how they expect. And I find this interesting, but often when people ask Jesus to show them a miraculous sign, his response is, I'm going to. I'm going to. And, and you'll see this throughout this verse here. What can you do after all our ancestors now now they start doing something else Um, they start comparing him to their ancestors because this is often the case they believed in the the ancestors They believed in moses. They believed in in what he did and they thought that they were the true true children of moses So they believed in that their ancestors they ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness Now, did you notice what what happened here too? What did they do? They ate why because they still wanted some food, right? There actually was a prophecy at the time that that the, the Messiah would come and he would give new manna to the people. So they had heard of this prophecy and one of the, the, one of the rabbis was teaching that, that, you know what, that there was somebody, the new Messiah was going to come and he was going to give them new manna and if they were to give them new manna then th- this would truly be the Messiah. So they're like, hey, maybe we can force this guy to give us some more food. He's going to make new manna. We're going to make him do this prophecy because that's what the Messiah is supposed to do. So the, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness and the scriptures say, Moses gave them bread to eat from heaven to eat. Now, The scriptures don't actually say that, by the way, and Jesus points that out. I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread to eat. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. You're, you're, you're giving credit to the wrong guy. Don't you recognize that it wasn't Moses? Moses wasn't the one who fed the children of Israel. It wasn't, it was, Jesus says, my father did that. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven, the true bread of God's one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Now they're probably just a little bit more confused because who, this bread is coming down from heaven. So this is like, wow, this is, must, it's more than manna, manna formed on the ground at night. But this bread is like gonna, I don't know if you picture this, when somebody says bread's coming down from heaven, like you're like, oh, you're gonna have like, Bread, bread, float from the sky, and there's probably going to be a song that's like, ah, and it's going to fall into your hands every, you know, and you're going to eat this bread. So, what they respond with is, "Sir, give us this bread every day. Give us this bread every single day." So, there's this bread that's there from heaven. It's coming down, and they're like, "Sir, we really want to eat that bread. Why? Why is it that they're so focused on food?" What is, it, what is it about them that the whole time they're just thinking, you know, I just want, I want something else to eat. There's something that I need. I mean, when people, He fed us yesterday. Let's see if we can get him to feed us again, right? So they're working on trying to get Jesus to feed them. We want this bread every day. Let's start with today. We can go for the rest of our lives and not have to pay money for food anymore. This sounds like a good deal. I take that deal, Right? Jesus replies and says this, I am the bread of life. I'm the one you're looking for. I'm right here in front of you. This statement, Jesus says, I am the one who will provide what you need for true life. It's found in me. I'm the one. And of course, do you think they get this? No, they're focused on the wrong thing. But what you focus on is what you see. When you're focused in one thing, you're gonna see, miss something else, right? What you're focused on is what you're gonna see. Jesus already gave them in the beginning exactly what they needed to do if they needed to see the right thing. What God wants from you is simply to believe. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever, what's that word again? believes in me will never be thirsty. And I want you to look at what he says right here because it's going to be important later, okay? Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again because they get to eat some food. He's like, look, you guys are focused on food. I'm going to tell you how to really feed yourself. Come to me. Come to me and you'll never be hungry again. But whoever believes in me will never be, what's this other word right here? Thirsty. Both, I'll take care of your stomach and I'll take care of whatever else your your drink goes to. I don't know, I guess they both go to your stomach. But I'll take care of bread and 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 your water. I'll take care of both those things. You'll be provided. All you have to do is believe in me, all right? I'll take care. You won't have to be hungry. You won't have to be thirsty. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. Now, I I just need to pause for a moment because in English, we've missed what this word believe actually means. We've associated it now with something different than what it actually means. It does not mean that I just think that what it says is true. Believe reflects the term that I actually change my life around what is being stated. So for example, if I have a stool and I believe that it will hold me, This was a long time ago. We did a a, a thing about this. If I actually believe it, I will choose to put my weight and my trust on it. If I don't believe this stool can hold me because maybe one of its legs are cut off or it looks like somebody who wasn't a very good craftsman built it, then I won't sit on it. The idea behind this word believes is not that I agree with it. It is about I put my trust and it actually has more to do with your being and your action than it does with just simply saying, I agree. It's backed up by how you behave. Make sense? All right. So this is what it says there. All who see his son and believe in him should have eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day. Jesus is giving them a clear path for what it means to be a Christian, right? He's telling them exactly what they need to do. If you wanna have eternal life, what you need to do is believe in me and and then you'll be raised up at the last day. For I am the living bread that came down from heaven. And anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I offer to the world so that the world may live, is my flesh. Wait a second. Now, if you were listening to this for the first time, you'd be a little creeped out, right? Did he just say that he wants us to eat his body? Like, what are we, zombies now? Like, I don't know exactly what's going on, but it seems that what he's saying here is that you're coming down from heaven, and you're the one, and first of all, you came down from heaven is what you said, but we know where you came from. we we're like, we, we know your parents, right? We, we know where you're saying you came down from heaven, but yet, I, I don't know that that's accurate because I know, I know your brothers, I know, I know your, your, your parents, I know your mom, she's right over there, actually. We can go talk with her. How are you saying that you came down from heaven? So they are very focused on the fact that what he's saying here is really weird, Right? And just looking at this, if you didn't know what you know now, this is really weird. He just said he wants us to eat his body. Now, I don't know about you, but if, if somebody like you know starts telling you that they, you need to eat their body, are you, you going to talk with them much longer? Like that conversation is kind of over, right? Hey, will you, will you come out to me? Where are we going? Well, we're just wherever you want. We just need to eat my body. What? that's weird. So they're very confused. They're like, this is not normal, right? So this is something, so Jesus says it again because they're a little bit confused, right? I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, a little more out in front there, uh, this is what every good teacher says, by the way. Good, good teachers like Jesus. Um, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. So wait, now we have to eat his flesh and drink his blood? So zombies and vampires, they're the only two that get in. So <clears throat> unless you eat my flesh, you cannot have eternal life within you. And they completely miss, Jesus is making a metaphor here. He's referring to himself and they completely miss what he's trying to say because they're so focused on what they see right now They're so focused on what is right in front of them, right? And you and I if we're really honest, we'd be just like them, right? If we didn't know what was going to happen next, we're totally leaving at this point, right? I mean if somebody you you love came up to you and told you to eat their flesh and drink their blood You're like i'm out. See ya. like we're not friends anymore. It's done, right? It's over I don't know what you're on but stop it like that's not good don't do that anymore. So <clears throat> Jesus says this to them. And, and again, but anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person at the last day for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Doesn't that just sound, and anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Now, okay, again, so we understand Jesus is not actually asking them to come up to him and take a bite out of him, right? That's not what he's actually asking. In fact, in the verses that we just read about believing, what did he say were the two things that if you believe me, you will not be hungry, right? And you will not be thirsty anymore. Jesus was saying the way that you eat of him is that you believe in him. In fact, it's what he said at the very beginning. The only thing God wants from you is to believe in the one he sent. But they were so focused on getting more food— That They missed out on what he was really saying Right They were so focused on the fact that they wanted him to provide a miracle that they could all look at and say Yeah You're the messiah now you've proven yourself to me and what's interesting about miracles is you can never prove yourself enough You always want one more What's interesting about this is they entirely missed what he said from the very beginning if you simply believe in me if you simply believe in me, that's the path to eternal life. It's not through what you're trying to do. And <clears throat> this verse, doesn't this sound a lot like another verse about something about vine and branches? If you want a little bit more explanation of this, if you remain in me and I in him, it's not about, necess- it's not about what you can do on your own, it's about our ability to remain in him. I live because of the living Father. I'm alive simply because of the Father. And the truth is that so do you and I. We're not alive because of our own effort. We're not alive because of our own greatness. We live because of the living Father who sent me. And in the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. And I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, he's proving once again that he's greater than Moses to them. Your ancestors ate manna, but they all died. What I'm offering you is so much greater than that, because even though they ate manna, they died. But if you eat my bread that I offer, you will live forever. Now, Jesus, what what happens next is that people really start complaining. Um, they get really upset, as again, you and I would too, right? They get really upset and they're like, I have no idea what you're saying. Um, this just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, they're really focused on this food thing. They're really focused now that he said that you have to eat your flesh and that's just creepy and weird, right? So we don't want anything to do with that. So he, re- he tells them to stop complaining, kind of repeats this whole thing, goes back, and then he answers them again and says it one more time. So Jesus is aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? then what will you do what will you what will you think if you see the son of man ascend into heaven again so this is what he's saying to them look you want a miraculous sign and this is offending you but what you want me to do is come over and conquer the romans what you want me to do is be a warrior king who will come and set the nation of israel up as the nation that will rule all other nations forever so how offended are you going to be when i leave because I'm going to. You're not ready for this. You can't understand what I'm telling you now that simply you must believe in me. How offended are you going to be when I ascend to heaven? Now, because of this, this is what Jesus says right here. The spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. This is where Jesus gets with all of this, and this is where I want to sit for just a second today. How often have you been working as hard as you can to accomplish what you feel like needs to be done instead of trusting, believing that God will provide everything you need? How much focus and energy and effort do we spend on human effort? in your relationships, in your job, in your ability to be good enough? How much effort and energy do you spend working as hard as you can to be the best that you can? When what, what does Jesus say that that accomplishes? Who, who gives life? Spirit. Spirit. But we focus on what? Where do you spend the majority of your focus and your energy and your effort on what you see, right? What's in front of you, what's around you, what you can physically see. And what Jesus was pointing out to these guys is simply this. Look, I'm the bread of life. I come down from heaven. And if you simply spend your effort and your energy on what really matters on eternal life, on things that will last forever instead of on things that are in front of you that may smell good and may taste good and may be something that is good. But where you focus is what you see. You see, when you see your relationships as somebody who's angry with you, you see them as somebody who's angry. But when you see that person as a person who's broken and hurting in desperate need of a saver just like you, you see them differently, don't you? You, you begin to see that problem child who might be in your class or who might be with you, instead of them seeing them as a problem, there's somebody that God has put in your care so that you can help them have a greater life than what they might have not had without you. You see the circumstances that you're going through as insurmountable and impossible and there's no way to get through them. When you're focused on what's eternal, you see them as temporary and not lasting, and you know the one who's greater than them. So they're nothing; they're insignificant. In fact, th- that was one of the things that um, that I was thinking about as I was crafting this message. There was a person that I heard about in this church who who just received some terrible news—the the kind that you know you never want to hear, right? And their response was incredible to me. Their response simply was this. I'm grateful for what I've been given already. That kind of response only comes when you're focused on what will last forever instead of what's right in front of you. The spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. What you focus on is what you will see. So at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. That's what we would do, right? Many of us would just, hey, you just said that I have to eat eat your flesh and that's just weird. I'm out, right? And we don't recognize this, but Jesus had more than 12 disciples. At this point is where he gets a lot less. So he turns to them and many of them leave. So then he turns and he looks at the 12 disciples and he says, are you also going to leave me? But Simon Peter, who's always the one to speak up in the group, replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You're the one who has the words that give eternal life. We believe, and we know you are the Holy One of God. We, we know. Look, we, we've, we've seen you. We've seen what you've done. We've seen where you've gone. We, we've watched you. In fact, just yesterday, you are walking on water and I, I've not seen anybody else do that. You just fed 20,000 people. We, we watched that. How can I deny? I, I've seen people's lives changed by what you've done. I've, I've watched that. How can I deny? I, I've seen glimpses of what it means to live in eternity. I, I've seen glimpses of people with hope when there should be no hope. I've seen glimpses of reality You're the only one who has the hope of eternal life. You're the Holy One of God. We know this about you. This is where this concludes. This is where this comes to an end is Peter simply makes this declaration about God and where everyone else deserted because they were focused on the wrong thing. These guys got it and they went exactly. They went with him all the way to the cross And then a little bit later, they got confused too, and they deserted him. But then later, they came back. And because of their witness, we now are still talking about it today. So my question to you today is simply this. Where are you focused? Where are you focused? Now, some of you are wondering why I had popcorn, just to distract you. That's the whole reason. Uh, One time I went to the movies with my kids, and uh, the whole time we were watching the movies, they wanted popcorn. So that's all they talked about the whole time, the movies. They missed the whole thing. Um, So we were talking about some food, but that's really just to distract you, because here's the thing. We're distracted easily, aren't we? We easily get focused on the things that are directly in front of us, and we miss out on the things that God really wants for us, don't we? So really the question is, are you focused on the things that are here on this earth? Or are you focused on the things that will last forever? One of them, all the results are temporary. In fact, it all takes human effort. And according to Jesus, it accomplishes absolutely nothing. But when we focus on the Spirit and how we can please Him and giving our life and surrender to Him, it can accomplish and give us What is eternal, eternal life. So which one are you focused on today? With every head bowed and every eye closed. God, we believe that you are the only one who offers true eternal life. I ask that you will help each and every one of us to do a check right now of where it is in our life that we've been focused whether it's on the things that are right in front of us, the things that are immediate, the things that are here on this earth, or the things that would co- be to come, and God, I ask that you will help us to shift our focus on what is eternal. And maybe there's someone in this room who's never chosen to put their trust in Jesus. And even though he said some weird things, kind of like eat my eat my body and drink my blood, what he really meant was if you simply believe in me, because believing is eating and believing is drinking. And God, if you believe in me, is what he said, if you believe in me, then you have the opportunity for eternal life. And maybe there's someone in this room today who hasn't chosen to do that. Jesus, we believe that you are the son of God who came down from heaven and offered your life as a sacrifice for ours. You died for our sins so that you could have eternal life. And today we choose to put our trust in you. And all over this room, whether it's for the first time or the thousandth time, God, we just simply say this morning that we believe that you are the one who gives eternal life. So we surrender what we have and we give it to you. And from this day forward, will you help us? Will you help us to be focused on what you want done for eternity instead of all the junk that gets in the way? We love you, Father. Thank you for helping us truly see. We love you in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.